0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I am your host, Caleb Brands. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode. Uh, You are our network and our uh, community that we are building here on the liberty of liberty-oriented individuals uh, set on changing the world to make it a little bit better place as much as we possibly can. This week we are changing up our format just a little bit. The the first few episodes we've had, mostly just me um, giving commentary on on issues, uh, having discussions with you. Uh, The importance of the show and and, uh, the uniqueness of the show Will also be dependent upon the thoughts and ideas that I can get from other individuals. And, and we're going to be stepping into that uh, area tonight. Uh, tonight, we will be having our first ever Liberty Roundtable. And we will be uh, introducing to you uh, our first our first two regulars. You will be seeing them much more whenever we do these types of. Of episodes. Um, Zuri Davis, who is a media writer with Rare.us, and uh, Alex Haney, who is the editor-in-chief of Refined Write. Refined Write, we also did an ad last week, Uh, if you catch up last week's episode on third parties, um, you can check that out and be sure to check out both Refined Write and Rare. Um, after you listen to this episode. Okay, so this week, obviously, we just had the second presidential debate, and boy was it something. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to, uh, first, I'm going to go to Zuri, and, you know, after, after Friday's revelations, uh, with, with, the, with the Trump tape and, and the, big, the big controversy that that caused, Um, Trump was kind of going into this on a thread. Do you think that he got himself out of that? Do you think that he um, kind of reestablished his campaign? Do you think it's credible? Do you think he has a shot of winning? Or do you think it's just kind of post-debate win hype?
1: I think he has a shot of winning, but not because of anything he did on Sunday night to address his comments. I think he has a shot at winning because obviously people who support Donald Trump are very adamant and very emotional about that support, and as you can tell, it is quite unwavering. Um, But I personally didn't feel that he addressed much of his controversy. Um, A lot of it was what both uh, major party candidates continue to do, which is to take the, well, they hear the question, and then they'll say, oh, but what about my opponent? And if someone's asking you a question about comments that might effectively cut out half of your voting base, it's better to address it than to say, well, look at Hillary Clinton in her emails. So I don't think he did a very successful job there. Um, I definitely think he could have addressed that better
0: right you know i i think that he everybody was saying that he you know won by a landslide and everything and i do think that he won but not that it was a substantial win it was just that they he didn't he didn't completely blow up the way that everyone expected and that caused him to win uh, because he met above expectations whereas hillary was expected to do a lot better and then she kind of Felt uh, a little bit flat. I thought it was a little bit more of a draw. Um, mm. Alex, do you, do you think that this is going to to change much of anything whenever it comes to um, November eighth, or do you think it's just that? Heh, you know, Trump said a funny thing about throwing Hillary in jail, and then it's it's just going to go back to normal. I, uh, <clears throat> I I really enjoyed watching it just because I love
2: watching Hillary get just dominated. Mm in front of a you know huge populace that's wonderful but I think the worst possible outcome is exactly what we got. We got Trump who doesn't stand a chance at all not implode, which would have been great. If he implodes the the RNC, the G O P gets to replace him with someone, you know, feasible. But instead right. he he strapped a tourniquet on, stopped bleeding, and now he's just gonna limp across the finish line Hillary's gonna win. Unless, of course, she gets arrested, which is not, you know, <laughs> impossible. I'm not gonna. I certainly don't think it's going to happen, but you never know with her. She's the worst candidate in the history of candidates.
0: I mean, she. She even if she was arrested, though, she could still win because that's true. We've had, we've had <laughs> candidates that that has run from their prison cells before um, throughout American history, so she could still technically, I guess, this pardon. Is true.
2: I'm not sure if how that would
0: work if that ever if happened, but...
2: If she's worst candidate ever A1, then Trump is worst candidate ever, you know, B1.
0: Yeah, it's all kind of the, the flip side of, of a really nasty coin as far right. as that goes. Um, Alex, I'm going to turn to you, and whenever they actually began speaking a little bit about policy... I noticed that one of the first questions that was brought up was about something that we haven't really heard a lot about this entire uh, campaign cycle even though just four years ago it was probably the biggest issue and that was Obamacare oh yeah Um, and I thought that was interesting that that was almost I don't think it was first but it was like one of the very first ones Um, And Hillary just kind of, you know, like, yeah, it's got problems, but yeah, we're going to fix it. Um, Then Trump started giving, I thought, a satisfying answer among conservatives. And then they brought up the fact that, hey, guess what? You also kind of supported single payer as well. Can you explain that? Um, So if if Trump does get in the White House versus Hillary getting in the White House, do you think that ultimately healthcare, if they both got exactly what they wanted, because obviously Congress would be um, very hesitant to work with either one of them. Um, but do you think that if, if they got in and uh, started trying to implement what they wanted, do you think it would really be all that different from each other?
2: It's. It's kind of tough to tell what Trump's actual stances are, because, I mean, everybody brought up, you know, he, he donated to the Clintons, whatever. Well, of course he did. He was a millionaire. And just like he was blaming everyone else for doing, he was buying politicians. That's what they did. Yeah. Um, but what he said last night, when he started talking about it, I was watching it with some friends, and all I could think was, oh, well, if, you know, they just get rid of uh, state lines and open up the market, then we don't have this problem. And then he said it and I was like, You gotta be kidding me. He said something I completely agree with policy wise, and I was blown away by that particular answer. If you know, if he gets in and is actually willing to dismantle the state line requirement and allow for competition across state lines, I mean, you know, you guys know this as well as anyone. All you're gonna see is better product and lower prices. And if he manages to do that, and I, I think he would if he gets in running as a conservative. as a Republican anyway Um, the guy does know business pretty well and I know there's gonna be argument about that but I think that's fairly clear and uh, he knows what competition does
0: right Um, Zuri do you see any any possibility that either one of them would really change much about Obamacare or because I because both sides say that we either have to repeal it or we have to make it better Cut out the the faults in it. Uh, do you see that either Trump or Hillary is really going to try to do much to change what's in stake now?
1: I don't really see a change happening, um, especially with Hillary Clinton. Uh, basically, her entire campaign is regurgitating the Obama years because people really like that, and she's not that great at being genuine, so she kind of has to latch onto something. Uh, so definitely under her would stay the same. Um, and honestly, I feel the same way about Trump because as he did say just a year ago, um, Trump was praising single payer in Canada, <laughs> like of all places.
0: <laughs> the very um, thing that he brought up yesterday as, as a slam on Hillary is something that he was <laughs> praising.
1: Yeah. And that um, all of the, talks about changing the labor laws to accommodate women, which I don't have a problem with private employers doing that, obviously. But um, Mm -hmm. when his daughter Ivanka brought up those concerns, like paid maternity leave, for example, and just doing more for women, it sounded nice, but it sounded like a speech from the Hillary campaign. Um, And it sounded very,
0: very similar. Yes.
1: Yeah. It sounded very pro big government we're doing this because it feels right, not necessarily because it's most economically safe or uh, economically uh, conservative option. Um, so I think that Trump will say anything at this point to get elected. I think we've kind of seen that in the past year and a half or however long this election has gone. And I think it's going to be more of the same if he does win the presidency in November. Is, is yes. anything on
2: the federal stage ever based on actual policy, though? It's always based on feeling. That's the thing. Like, I, I, yeah. It's impossible to tell what either one of them is ever going to actually do, because you're right. They will just say what they need to say to get elected.
1: I mean, there have been some candidates, and not just even in the Obamacare sphere, but in other economic spheres, there have been some candidates who have taken uh, the opportunity on the federal stage to push more, uh fiscal conservatism but i think that trump is just a big yeah right (laughs) (laughs) trump trump is just kind of a big government other side of the coin that hillary clinton is on and i don't Mm -hmm. think we should really expect much of a difference there i would be happy to be proven wrong though
0: (laughs) i think i think we all would be would be incredibly happy to be proven wrong no matter who uh happened to occupy the white house um that's that's something that I've never really been had a problem with admitting whenever there's something that Barack Obama does that I agree with I see that as a good thing uh, for for the country um, not just it's not just a partisan issue um, but the problem I think that uh, when it comes to this and ultimately when it comes to everything else is that regardless of what they say during an election year their underlying philosophy is more government. Right. Mm-hmm. And whenever push comes to shove, no matter what they, what they push and what they say that they love limited government and hoorah, you know, let's love freedom and everything like that during the campaign trail, um, when push comes to shove, practically, they are ultimately going to say, you know what, government is the default position. For somebody like me, that's why even when uh, Bernie was running and he was saying a lot of great stuff about maybe foreign policy or privacy, mm-hmm. I I couldn't I couldn't find it in myself to believe him, just because you believe in government, Bernie. That's like <laughs> God. red lines are a good thing, guys. <laughs> yeah, just just the same way that Barack Obama was saying. All these great things about about privacy and about the Constitution he was a constitutional (laughs) scholar for crying out loud yeah but ultimately his underlying philosophy was government and Mm -hmm. I think that is no different uh, whenever it comes to either Trump or or Hillary and I think that is a a fair litmus test on okay what is this person actually going to do because they're both liars Oh, They're yes. both poppers with <laughs> you, terrible pasts. what's that?
1: I said with terrible pasts, especially as it comes to supporting. <sighs> exactly. Government.
0: Yeah, the, it's it's like which candidate is the the least rapey candidate, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're picking this year. Or what the, a choice! One that's the least likely to to stand up for. Um, sexual assaulters either in themselves or in their husband it's it's not a good year <laughs> whoever
2: gets voted in we're all getting assaulted metaphorically
0: that is absolutely true yes yes in, in some way shape or form and in, in some ways it's it's a little bit more uh, a little bit more literal than
2: than one of the guys I like to read and I, I can't remember if it was Rothbard or, or Mises at, I don't quote me on who it was but the general idea behind it was that government acts like a business. The goal of a business is to acquire wealth and power, and government does the exact same thing. It, mm-hmm. Its goal is to acquire more money and more power. And that's, if you look at it that way, then, I mean, yeah, obviously, of course, everyone that gets into federal office is going to try to expand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's yeah. certainly not the role of government, as we learned no. from last <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's quite the opposite.
0: And that's that's the uh, that's that's the that's the thing too is that these are both crazy power hungry executives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not necessarily somebody like uh, you know like Rand or even even Ted Cruz, honestly. Um, somebody who at least understands the role of Congress. I don't think that either one of these. Um, understand the role of Congress to the fullest extent, because they know they know what it's like to be, it's it's what I say, and it's, I don't really care what you have to say.
2: I that's think Hillary and Obama both do. Entire empire. Say again, I, Alex? Hillary and Obama both understand the role of Congress and the role of the courts. They just don't care.
1: Mm.
0: Right, right, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's important, too.
0: <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I think Trump understands the role of courts, but... A little bit, uh, not in the way that we might uh, we might want. Um, and to that point, uh, whenever we were uh, bringing up uh, a healthcare, um, something else that really caught my eye was whenever they began talking about foreign policy, um, and. Hillary was just ready to go to war with Russia, more or less. It's, what, it's it was is what I is what I gathered from that. Right. Um. What was interesting, however, was that Trump said that uh, <laughs> he pointed out all these great things that I've I've always wanted to hear from a Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know you were arming the rebels. It was your fumble in Libya. It was your fumble in Syria and all these great things um, that you would expect to hear from somebody like Rand Paul,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then he went off and and started saying, "Well, you know, we're just going to bomb them, and <laughs> we don't really know what to do. I don't even know what my vice president wants from, from me, so we'll
1: so I just, I'm just have to want. work
0: with him on that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is my I guess my question is. Do you see that as an authentic uh, position whenever he's pointing out all these failures and all these things that is just quite honestly lip service to libertarians? Um, Do you you think that that's something that Trump would honestly go in and change or do you think that's just a lot of campaign rhetoric?
1: Um, Well, if I could start. Um, I definitely think that it's a lot of campaign rhetoric, but then he says things like, oh, well, we have to kill the terrorist families. And it's like, okay, well, you realize that we already do that and it currently helps breed more terrorists. (laughs) So like you said, it does make me feel good when he says things like, yes, the Iraq war, uh, maybe we should reassess that. Maybe we should reassess um, a lot of intervention um, because we... Are currently overextended, which I think most people would agree with in our foreign policy. But Trump kind of sounds like he would just do the same thing, just in different areas, and that's not very comforting.
0: Right. What about you, Alex? Do you think that that's something that he would genuinely try to stop? Because he's very vocal about being opposed to the Iraq War, no matter no matter how many times somebody tries to to prove him wrong.
2: I um, think. Um, I think Trump's a lot like the Joker from The Dark
0: Knight, he says, I don't really have a plan,
2: I just do things. He's that way, right, he's that way with saying things, he doesn't really have a plan, he just says things. I mm-hmm. think that he probably understands the flaw in the logic of um, interventionalism, at least as far as just going with Libya, Iraq. I, by the way, when's the last time we armed a, uh, a local populace that, and it turned out good for us? I don't know that it's ever happened.
1: Never?
0: So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know of any any time. Right. At least in recent history. It just, it, it always ends up horribly. And
2: the, the issue that I see happening is that we've got the Clintons who are in bed with the Saudis, and that's half the reason we're in Syria to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Trump may well do the same thing with another country. Uh, he may do it with Russia. and. I mean, I, I don't fault him for saying he wants to have solid relations with Russia. You know, God forbid. We we have a friendly working relationship with the world superpower. Right. But it's, no, I don't trust him to not be an interventionalist at all. But I do think he would probably not, he would make different mistakes in different areas, like you were saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or the same mistakes yeah, in not, different areas, I should say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, something that I, I really thought was interesting was that I didn't really see a non intervention policy Mm -hmm. um, whenever it comes to Trump versus Clinton I saw um, who's going to be friends while being an interventionist with Russia and who's going to be enemies (laughs) while being interventionist with Russia there's no non intervention though right you're Mm -hmm. still going to be all over the world stage Uh, you're still gonna quote bomb the shit out of them Mm -hmm. um, in in all throughout the Middle East, Uh, you're still going to kill the families of terrorists. So there's, regardless, and this is interesting because the Democratic Party, this is the most hawkish candidate that they've had in decades.
1: They're voting for Dick Cheney.
0: (laughs) More or less, yes, that is exactly right. This This is the Democratic version of Dick Cheney. Yeah, she's
2: definitely war profiteering. There's no way she's not.
0: Oh yeah, she and she she loves she loves instability. That's that's how yeah. she makes her money. That's how she that's how she grows in profit. And quite honestly, you could probably say say something very similar about Trump as well. Oh sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the last question. Well, before we get to the, the last question on the debate, um, there was a silver lining in in the debate. And that was, um, Ken Bone. Is that was that his name? Yes.
1: Ken <laughs> yes. As cleared out, you can no longer buy his sweater. It's sold out. Thank you, That's internet. <laughs> did it really? <laughs> yeah. Spend yes. your spend your forty five dollars yes, elsewhere. I guess.
0: <laughs> I I have never seen a year quite like uh, twenty sixteen. This has been the year of. Oh. Of gorillas, killer clowns, evil billionaires running for presidents, and and a sweater sensation overnight.
1: <laughs> Plus, all of our favorite old people died. So, twenty sixteen has it that needs to end. That is hard
0: on everyone.
2: It really yes. has it's been the world's greatest circus for the last ten months.
0: <laughs> I think uh, I think this year has um, illustrated how much we truly need Batman more than ever. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> With killer clowns and and evil billionaires running for president, <laughs> <we> just, Batman. <laughs> Which evil billionaire are we talking about? Because there's two. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's well, even double the problem.
1: <laughs> if there if there are two sides of one coin, I guess they count as one person.
0: I think you're probably That's right. Kind of like you know, two faced or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna keep Batman, <laughs> well, he is again, a Clinton absolutely.
1: donor, so they're basically true. an extension of her.
0: That's true. Um, America just needs freaking Batman. Mhm. Um. The last question did did you all see did did you think that was healthy when what the last question was when they were like can you say anything good about the other candidates uh, uh in this atmosphere of negativity um and to that point do you approve of each of their of of their answers and alex we'll start with you
2: call me cynical but i think they were hoping for an absolute meltdown there also (laughs) i just i I can't stand anderson cooper and i i can't i don't like the other girl either i can't remember her name though um no i i'm not a big fan of the way it was asked i would i don't mind the question in and of itself but in context i think it was ridiculous because That's exactly what they were hoping for. It was not a let's make up and try to make this civil. It's not mm-hmm. what was going on at all. They were hoping for some kind of, you know, explosion. And I think that's, that's reprehensible. Um, the question in and of itself, I don't mind. I think it was okay. I, I, I just don't like the way it was asked when it was asked in the context it was asked. As far as the answers go, I, I thought they, I thought they both did a pretty good job. Um, Hillary did a wonderful job not actually saying anything nice about Trump himself. Yeah. And Trump more or less called her a psycho bitch without <laughs> actually saying it. Like, yes. It was, it was, They're both very diplomatic answers. They were impressive.
0: Um, I, I definitely think Hillary was, was certainly the one that was caught off guard by it. And completely, if there was one thing that she was not prepared for, it was to say something nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zuri, do you think that first of all, do you, do you did you like that uh, that little tidbit at the end, and and do you did you like the answers that they gave afterwards?
1: Um, I actually did, and I might be a little bit more idealistic about it, but I think that, that question is more for the viewers. Um, mm-hmm. 2016 has been really really awful. Like it's. <laughs> It's a terrible year to be a part of an election. It's basically the election of 1800 all over again, but this time we have Facebook and Twitter. So I think that that makes it a little bit worse. Um, Friendships have been destroyed. (laughs) Um, Good Lord, families are falling apart because someone has the nerve to have a different political opinion than they do. Um, I think it was a great reminder that we're still human. Um, even politics doesn't necessarily have to be all about politics and there are some common elements that we can agree on. And I really appreciated that. Um, especially as someone who had to watch the debate, but did not want to be there watching the debate. It was nice to see a non-political thing in there just to kind of remind us that, Hey, we're all still human. Or pretending to be human. I know there are all the conspiracy theories about Hillary being the lizard person, um, <laughs> was, but we're all still I human know. here and hear nice things, <laughs> hear nice things to say. <laughs> and I liked their answers; they were diplomatic, but no one, no one dropped the ball. And at this point, like I just pray that no one says anything dumb. I think that's how little faith I have in the candidates, so or I just pray that they. Say normal things like that, <laughs> even though they like basically said nothing at all.
0: Um, I I did enjoy the positivity, um, the way that they ended it because this, like mm-hmm. you said, this year has certainly been not a necessarily proud one for anybody who, who works <laughs> in in politics um, or even just an observer of politics. Uh, and I, I did like Trump's answer a little bit better. I thought it was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I thought it was more focused right at her as opposed to like, well, I'm not really going to say anything nice to you specifically. Family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought that was a little bit of a diversion, a little mm-hmm. bit avoiding it, but I was like, eh, okay. And you, you know, you can't say, if, you know, when you're saying stuff nice about your kids, that's always going to and be like, okay, well, all right, I'll give you that one.
2: <laughs> I'm glad she had to go first.
0: It kind of set the bar. Yeah, I am too. And uh, I think she set the bar obtainably low.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which Trump um, needs. Which Trump needs.
0: Yes, and I. what I thought was interesting, though, was I think it really – that question was actually really smart because uh, it really showed – what kind of person just as far as their character,
1: mm-hmm. what
0: kind of person they were. Um, and you could just see both of them really kind of struggle on that answer more than any other answer that they've had to had to deal with that night. Just being nice <laughs> and yeah, trying to compliment side, each other. <laughs> What's that?
2: If they're attacking the other side, they're very comfortable. If they're being friendly,
1: oh,
0: yeah, nice absolutely. and you know absolutely. people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so Moving forward, the debate's over with. We have one more.
1: Huh.
0: However, uh, yeah, yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> really, um, you're really not. You
2: can't always. Well, it's I a mean, the mud,
0: muds, mo- no. mo- pretty fun, but it's it's it just gets more and more depressing every every time I watch them. Like,
2: ignore the fact that our country is on the line here, and just kind of sit back and enjoy it. Pour yourself, yeah. some, pour yourself a bottle of Jack.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Wish
1: I could, but I have to be sober when I watch these for work, so <laughs> I can't even It'd do that. It'd be a lot more
0: entertaining if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely. It's, it's you at least
0: get through them. <laughs> um, but looking forward, in my view, I see 2016 is more or less over with already. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's who, who wins. Everyone's still fighting until the end, but I say it's it's done. Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of who wins because the next four years are just going to be something that we're just gonna have to trudge through. Mm -hmm. Um, But after that it might be a little bit more optimistic and I don't know if either one of you uh, uh, saw this last night but um, Justin Amash tweeted something last night that was rather it was rather encouraging. Um, and kind of exciting. He said, uh, we've become a country that fights over which presidential candidate is less horrible. We can and will do better in 2020. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry.
1: I love yeah. that so much.
0: <laughs> so I'll, I'll let, I'll leave this open to, to either one of you. Do you think that that's, <clears throat> maybe hinting at something rather exciting in the future because I, I'm already past this election. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to the next one so just try to get it over with, get the next four years over with. Zuri, go for it.
1: All right. Well, first of all, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but a couple months ago he tweeted out soon and then he pinned it.
0: And I everyone's
1: <laughs> like, oh my God, tell us what's going on, please. And maybe this is just, circumstantial evidence but i'm seriously praying that he jumps in because one we definitely need him um the next four years are gonna suck either way i think everyone's gonna be really unhappy regardless um which is awful and i hope that he will jump in and make a difference and bring liberty back because we're slightly overdue for it
2: (laughs) just slightly a couple couple decades slightly (laughs) Um, man, I don't even know. I, I know that the next four years are going to be awful, regardless. One of the uh, <clears throat> one of the positive things to look at is that last time Hillary got anything passed through, which was Hillary Care, it was such an ab- abject disaster that it, it ruined the party for a while. Um, we've gotten so far down the rabbit hole as far as asking government to do things for us that you know we're we're starting to starting to chip away at the one thing that really does make us the greatest country on earth which is our freedom of speech mm-hmm. and just the idea like I know when safe spaces became a big deal I thought it was I thought it was hilarious at first kind of the same way that I thought Trump was hilarious at first and now I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all a big joke right and so, it, exactly and it was the exact same thing with safe spaces and now I'm just like you know this is crazy this is absolutely insane. But in a, in a much greater, less uh, social media kind of way, we really are chipping away at our ability to express ourselves freely. And I think that's awful. The uh, federal government has gotten just exponentially out of hand over the last eight years. And I think that's going to continue over the next four years. And I do think that come 2020, people will be so sick and tired, at least the majority, will be so sick and tired of government
0: overreach, federal
2: overreach, that we've got
0: a shot. Um... I know that, uh, Zuri, were you at uh, YaleCon this this past year? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so uh, I, I remember there was something about Justin Amash uh, saying that, hey, I got the Twitter account. You guys got to make it happen. Uh, do you think this is any indication that he's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe you guys have convinced me?
1: So um, I think yes. Um, he's definitely taken... The right steps, I think, to set himself up as I don't want to use the term moderate. I feel like it's overused in a buzzword now and it kind of ruins like the essence and like purity of like his political beliefs. But for lack of a better word, I think that he has established himself as someone who is willing to work with both the party, uh, someone who's willing to work with liberty people and conservatives. You saw that um, be, when um, Paul Ryan became. House Speaker, the vote for that. You saw that when he explained why he was supporting Ted Cruz. And while I personally did not like Ted Cruz, Justin Amash is the only person who even came close to convincing me that it was a good idea to do it. Um, he's definitely set himself apart as like a great uh, bridge between what we like as liberty people and what the normal population wants in terms of politics and a politician. Um, I think he's done a really good job of that this year in the house. I think he's going to continue. And I think he's just kind of setting himself up now as like a voice of reason for everyone. Um, so by the time he does run, no one looks at him and says, oh, look at this guy. Clearly, he's just like an extremist who like doesn't talk to people. So I think he's done a good job there. And I I think maybe <laughs> there will be um, there's something to look forward to in four years.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you think well I know it's incredibly early because we haven't even had this election yet but, <laughs> uh, do you think that maybe <laughs> that just tells you how how excited I am to just get through all this um, do you think that and this goes to either one of you that uh, either he would let Rand try again or do you think that Rand says okay Maybe it's not a Paul that needs to be in there, but somebody who has our ideas, but with maybe more of a Rubio charisma.
2: I think Paul should run as a uh, as a um, <clears throat> libertarian. I think he would run away with the nomination and then you know, maybe the Libertarian Party actually gets to the fifteen percent mark for once. <laughs> uh but as far as getting someone with our ideals, you know, libertarian ideals with a Rubio charisma, that would be phenomenal. It, it, on a main stage like the GOP, that would be absolutely incredible. And I think it would really push it into the mainstream. And honestly, I think the GOP is probably going to recenter around, you know, uh, limited government and, and move away from the uh, the losing battle of
0: moral righteousness.
1: Depending on who wins in November. <laughs> True.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's something that I've 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 talked about in in the podcast uh, before. Is that there's honestly I think there's going to be two two uh, directions that the GOP is is going to be split, mm-hmm. and it's going to be one the direction that it has been only you know old ideas with a new face in um, Rubio the same foreign policy the same. Um, intervention, the the same criminal justice ideas, just really icky stuff (laughs) and uh, it just just put a new face on it with Rubio or maybe Cotton or somebody like that Um, (laughs) yeah Uh, but then you're gonna have the other direction and that is going to be the the party of of Rand, of Justin, of uh, Thomas Massey um, and whichever one pulls out stronger is going to be I think the face in in twenty twenty. Side note, Rand and Massey
2: both in my state.
1: Oh wow. I'm awesome. jealous. Massey I'm is jealous. actually
2: Massey is one of my uh congressmen. Oh wow. I know you live in Kentucky. I sure do.
0: Northern Carolina. I'm
1: from Florida, <laughs> so I'm Rubio. So
0: yeah, I'm Ooh, sorry. It's so hot down and there. Then I
1: live in Virginia, so. <laughs> yeah, i <heard. laughs> It's I
2: so can't. hot there, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually, just met with uh, Massey this past weekend. Or not this so past good. weekend, but the weekend before that. Um, oh, yeah.
1: I saw that picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was, a, that was a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. uh, do you think that, that uh, you know, Alex, you, you were saying that Rand's might run as uh, a libertarian i'm not really so sure if he would do that because he's always been a little bit more pragmatic about now while i agree he would take the nomination and absolutely blow it away if he if he did that Um,
2: yeah
0: yeah he's he's not his father um however i do think that if ron ran as a libertarian this year can you imagine how how much support he would get if it was ron paul versus trump or clinton
2: He's just such a good guy. Like, he yeah. He yeah. likes it.
0: I absolutely think if that was the situation, I absolutely think, hands down, he would absolutely, at least he'd be in the debates, and it would be very close of winning, if not him absolutely winning. I would be in the streets campaigning, just body paint and yes. flags. Yes. Yes. I think anybody uh, who thinks like we do, and, and even a lot. Who are just, just, you know, just something new, please. First, they, mm-hmm.
2: they would block around somebody like Ron Paul. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Bernie, but with actually good ideas. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's it's the yeah, it's uh, the draw of Bernie, but you know, instead of telling him to go out and vote for free stuff, he's saying go out and pick up a, a an economics book instead yeah, of free freedom. stuff. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> Um, so we uh, we're we're coming to a close Um, I I want both of you to kind of give us your idea about about your predictions about um, this year because while 2020 has a lot of potential it is still four years away unfortunately Um, so what what is your prediction about 2016 on November 8th, and some just initial thoughts about what each candidate might bring to the table if they do get the, uh, the, the presidency.
1: Uh, Zuri? All right. Well, I definitely predict that I will not be on Facebook. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely not be on Facebook, and I'll be doing real people things in the real world Not in the political world because, again, I think we're going to be disappointed either way. In terms of who's going to win, I think no one knows. No one knows who's going to win. I think it's really fair to say that, and we're just going to figure it out when it happens, which is kind of scary. Um, But, again, they're both awful, so it's going to be scary either way. I think with a Hillary win, um, I think it will force the GOP to refocus. I think it will force the GOP to listen to um, the Liberty crowd. I think as as a minority Republican, it'll force the GOP to kind of listen to black Republicans a little bit more. Um, And then I think America in general would seek for those Liberty ideas because Hillary would be so authoritarian that it would kind of be awful. Um, And I think with the Trump win, um, I think that some things will be better. Perhaps we'll uh, enter World War III a little bit slower, which is nice. But I think, I think that the GOP, especially with the alt right sentiment, I think a lot of those will grow and start to feel even more legitimized, and that scares me. But I think that they're equally awful. <laughs> so who knows? I
2: think I think Hillary takes the nomination, <clears throat> and I think. Um, I think she might actually be less awful long-term. I, I think they're both going to be just devastatingly bad, but I think that Hillary, like you said, Zuri, may refocus the GOP, mm-hmm. uh, leading us to a more liberty-centered, small government party in four years. I don't think she'll win twice. No. I also don't think she'll be as... I don't, I don't think she's going to drastically... Do anything the first four years because she's a politician and she wants to get reelected. Mm-hmm. Um, and short of you know abolishing rights to vote, then if she does anything too awful, we can just kick her out. But uh, I, I kind of follow with uh, Ben Shapiro on this one. If Trump wins, you know it's the destruction of conservatism completely. Yeah. If she wins, we get to try again, refocus and get rid of some of the big government crap that we've been carrying along for so long.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, with, with that, that actually sets us up extremely well for next week. Um, because next week, we are going to be having a very important discussion on what I think uh, the future holds for us. And um, the importance of, of restoring the ideas of federalism and why that is missing in in this election cycle. Um, but until then, uh, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, uh, we'll try to get as, as much uh, subscriptions as possible because this is your movement. Um, be sure to share it around as much as possible. Um, Follow me, at Caleb Franz on Twitter, and then also the Mill Liberty account, at Mill Liberty. Uh, guys, you want to uh, give us your information on where you where you can be found?
1: Sure, I'll start. Um, you can definitely follow me on Twitter, that's at Zuri underscore Davis, uh, the Z-U-R-I, and it's kind of funky, probably never heard that name before, but it is kind of common. <laughs>
2: And you can get me at Alexander T underscore G underscore or at refined, Check them out. We're awesome.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. Uh, again, they us. will be, they will be here a little bit more often once we have uh, some more of these shows. This is, um, just our first one, but especially after the, the new year we're going to be having a lot more episodes quite like this um and you'll be able to see zuri and you'll be able to see alex uh a lot more often uh hashtags every day once 2016 (laughs) gets here or 2017. gosh i (laughs) can't stand the idea of reliving (laughs) 2016. oh yeah um thank you all for joining us and have a good week
1: see you guys thanks